All right, guys, welcome to live. My name is Brandon, and I have a kind of silly question for you. Do you guys believe in ghosts? Yeah. All right, well, I'm not exactly talking about Casper here. I'm talking about the guy in the cafeteria who's pretending to talk on his phone or the guy in the hallway that you see that you can look straight through him and never even notice him the next day. Um, you know, the kid everyone knows but doesn't really ever talk to. So freshman year, maybe even sophomore year, I was kind of that kid been all my life till after that point. Don't really know why, just was. Never really accepted, never really tried to be until I tried to change something. And there's another person like that in the Bible. Um, if you'll turn to me to John 4, uh, there's a woman who Jesus came encounter, and she was sitting at a, she came to a well at high noon. So I'll just read to you about it. Um, John 4, verse 6. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you, give me a, will you give me water to drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food for them. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you, if you knew the gift of God and who it was, asked for you to drink. You would have asked for him, and he would have given you li living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and the li his livestock? Jesus answered, who drinks this water will never be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed. The water I give them will, be, will become in them a spring of water, welling up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. She replied, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. The man you are with is not your husband. And what you have just said is quite true. <clears throat> so what I get from this is I see a woman who her peers don't accept her. She has had a bad past as she has had five husbands, and she's with someone who is not actually her husband. Jesus sees right through it. And also another thing that sticks out is she goes to a well at high noon. High noon, I think of Houston in the middle of August, 110, and don't want to be out there, especially having to carry water back to your house, which could be over a mile away miserable conditions. So why would someone go through all this? Well, it's clear. They just not, they don't fit in. They're not accepted among their peers. And Jesus sees right through it, and he accepts all of us. He loves all of us. He sees the value in every single one of us. Um, even though she had a bad past, he still accepted her. Even though um, she's made mistakes, doesn't matter. And another thing is, um, just as he accepts us, we should all accept each other so that we may have fellowship with one another. Because to Jesus, fellowship is a great thing. He had his 12 disciples that he went everywhere with. He believed that being with each other strengthened us. And to testify to that, um, please turn to Romans 15, 5 through 7.
May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then just as Christ has accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. This is his call. This is what he's telling us to do. He's telling us that we should accept one another so that we can worship him as one. We can be a body of Christ. We can do his will. We can't do it alone. It's, hard. it's not easy. Being a Christian isn't an easy thing to do. It's very difficult, in fact. To have one another, it gives us strength. It encourages us. Make sure we can get through the things that we have to get through. Because as the song said, there are waves that come in life, and he's our strong, he's our strong rock. His w- word is strong, and his love can't be undone. So just as he accepts us, we should accept one another so that we can praise him and that we can make more, multiply and make more disciples of him. Hello, my name is Mariah. Um, beginning of junior year, I struggled a lot with bitterness, and that was bitterness toward friends, toward family, toward circumstances that were put into my life that I didn't necessarily like. Uh, an example of that is a friend of mine and I were involved in an extracurricular activity, and there was a leadership position available, and I had wanted that role since I was a freshman and had been in this activity since I was a freshman. So I felt like I really deserved it and I felt like it was somewhere that the Lord wanted me to be. However, when the day came to announce who had that leadership role, my friend got it and I didn't. And immediately I was angry, I was resentful, and I didn't necessarily treat him the way that he he deserved. The bitterness brought out the worst in me. And so as I was coming up with what I was going to say, I thought, perfect place to start is a definition. So it says, bitterness is resentful cynicism that results in hostility towards others. It is sharp like an arrow or pungent to the taste, disagreeable and venomous. The first word, there are two words in that definition that I want to focus on. And the first one is hostility. When I think of hostility, it's definitely not, it doesn't have a positive connotation at all. And bitterness, in fact, can cause us to be hostile to those around us and even to our Heavenly Father. The second word that I want to focus on is venomous. Now, when I was thinking about venomous, the first thing I thought of was a snake. And... If someone were to be bit by a snake, the venom goes directly to their blood and it starts to flow all over their their body. The effects of that are not good. I also looked more into that and kind of came up with, okay, a lot of times in the Bible, the devil is seen in the form of a serpent or a snake. And so he can, in fact, use bitterness to change our hearts and the way we feel about God and our friends, and our family. And that is, in fact, what he was doing through me in that situation. If you have your Bibles, open up to Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. What this passage is saying is bitterness is going to bring out the worst in us. It's going to bring out a hateful attitude, anger, and resentfulness. Things that are going to destroy us. Bitterness eats away at our minds, and it eats away at who we are. See, I thought that through my bitterness toward my friend, getting this leadership role that I wanted, that I would eat away at him. But I was eating away at myself, and I was letting my bitterness destroy me and my spiritual life. Bitterness also acts on our mind the way poison acts on our body. It will destroy us and it will tear us down. And it will leave us to where we don't know what to do. The only choice we have is to call upon the Lord. It leads to an attitude full of anger. And this kind of attitude is devilish in its ways. But that's not even the worst part. The worst part about bitterness is it refuses reconciliation. It destroys our friendships, our relationships, and our relationship with God. See, with this friend, our relationship was strained because of how angry and how bitter I was toward him for getting a role that I thought I deserved. But that wasn't the Lord's plan. So he came to me one day and he, he said, you know, Mariah, you, you've been acting really angry toward me and, and I don't appreciate it. What's going on? So I, I kind of told him what the problem was and we worked it out. And uh, I learned that bitterness is like a root. It is going to draw out the worst in us and it is going to make us seem like an awful, terrible person. And that's in fact not true. Turn with me to Hebrews 12.15. Hebrews 12.15 says, See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. Just like the root of a plant, its goal is to stay under the ground so we can't see it, but what we see on the surface is a beautiful, nutritious plant. Like that, Bitterness lies within us, and what people see is anger, hostility, and a negative attitude. It causes us to grow negative emotions, like anger, toward the people and the circumstances around us. And it places us in spiritual bondage. See, what I was doing to myself, I was destroying my relationship with God in a very, very good friendship. When I was allowing the devil to get inside my heart and to get inside my head, and he was telling me, see, you need to be bitter towards this friend because he got what you wanted. And that's not what the Lord says. The Lord says that we must repent for holding such feelings in our hearts and allow him to love us and change our feelings. It was about a year later, the beginning of senior year, that I found out that the Lord had a different plan. That leadership role that I wanted, it wasn't meant for me. I was able and blessed with the opportunity to have another one. And through that, I have grown in my relationship with Christ. And the bitterness that I felt for so long was gone. 
Guys, if there is anyone that you feel resentful of because they have something that you want, or if you are angry with God for placing you in this circumstance or this situation that you don't like, don't take it out on your friend, and most importantly, don't take it out on your God. Trust me, bitterness is hard, and it's going to destroy you like it destroyed me. Don't let it. Ask the Lord for forgiveness, move on, and let that bitterness crumble to the ground and destroy that instead of letting it destroy you. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to come here and worship your name, Lord. I pray that as Kyle comes up, that someone in this room would realize that they need you and they need to let go of any bitterness and not worry about being accepted by others because they are accepted by you. We love you. We thank you. And in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know, everyone has a name. And everyone has a story. And I don't know your stories. I don't know all of them. But I do know one thing. I know that Jesus needs to be a part of your story. Jesus changes lives. And there are a lot of lives that need to be changed tonight. You see, you and I had a problem. You and I have sinned against God. And because of that sin, because of the sins that we had committed, there was a distance between us and God. Our relationship with God was broken. And so God did what you and I couldn't do. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins and be resurrected three days later so that you and I could have a relationship with God. That's the greatest story ever told, and that story changes lives. And some of your lives need to be changed tonight. So I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the love of God, to the grace of God. With no one looking around, every head's going to be bowed, every eye's going to be closed.